Welcome to On Air with Russell of Hotels, where we talk about everything hospitality, from hotels to influencers and everything in between. We will feature guest interviews with hospitality professionals who will share their experiences. Your host, Russell Edmond, has spent over 25 years in the hospitality industry, beginning his career with Marriott International in hotel operations, before moving into the sales arena and becoming a relationship building director of sales and marketing. Russell then went to the other side as a hospitality entrepreneur. He now consults in the hotel and meeting space, which includes being the CEO of Russell of Hotels Group. Did I mention he was a veggie foodie? Yes, Russell is always looking for good non-meat eats. Please welcome your host, Russell Edmond. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining On Air with Russell of Hotels. This is a special edition. I got this guy here, good friend of ours. Name is Jonathan Thompson. Now, he's been traveling around the world, and he just happened to come over to my house and said he wants to do a podcast. So we're going to talk about some of his travels. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Um, real quick, he's here, and you know what? I'm not going to waste any time doing anything else right now. We're just going to get into the interview. So welcome to the mic, or welcome to the stage, Mr. Jonathan Thompson. Thank you, Russell. It's a pleasure. I appreciate you. All right. Well, you know, be be uh, you know, be relaxed, Jonathan, okay? You got your tea over there, okay? Don't be nervous, okay? <laughs> I know you've done podcasts before. So um, you've been traveling a lot, and you've been not just traveling, you've been traveling during COVID. Yes. Which... Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Uh, you know, but I can only go off of my experiences and you can only go off of yours. Right. So yeah. uh, share with me. Let's just say, how has it been traveling with COVID? I mean, from when you initially started traveling, because I, I want to say you started probably in 2020. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about how. How you even got geared up to go travel? What did you have to do? Um, I'm not asking you if you've been vaccinated or whatever. Sure, what sure. protocol did you follow uh, to start traveling? Uh, I think originally my main thing was like, what countries do I want to visit and, and how are they doing with COVID? And, um, and then from there, um, you know, I just, you know, I took my COVID test. I saw what the country requirements were. And uh, just kind of went from there. So, you know, the airlines, they have all their protocols in place. You have to have a COVID test generally within like uh, 72 hours in advance. I, you do the PCR test and then uh, you just get on the plane and, and uh, go from there. You just have to be really careful with your timing. Originally, like uh, I took a trip to Rwanda and there was a woman at the airport who wind up like she took her COVID test. 72 hours in advance, but she didn't take into account like a layover that she had in the state. So then that like she almost couldn't get on her like next flight. So um, but I think other than that, like the airplane, the you know, almost every plane they're they're giving you like sanitation and they're cleaning. And so I, I feel safe traveling. I think it's been really great traveling during COVID. Um, going through the airports, you see really extreme examples. You have some people coming in and full on like hazmat suits with, <laughs> with, with face shields and masks and gloves, you know, like, you know, like, uh, and then you have others that are, you know, just, you know, they have their mask on and, and they're good. So, uh, but it's been good, you know, and um, yeah. And even in Rwanda, that was the first time that uh, they treated me really well there. But when I got to the airport, you know, I packed up all my stuff, leaving Kigali and I was excited. I was like, you know, you say your goodbyes. I bought all my souvenirs. And uh, they were like, yeah, you need a COVID test to leave the country because we don't want you coming over here saying, you know, you got COVID in, <laughs> in Rwanda and you're bringing back COVID to the States. So we need a clearance before you leave. So I, uh, I, I actually had to, like, spend a couple more days in the country and get a COVID test and, and everything. So I feel like the countries have been really on top of it and uh, the airlines and I think the hospitality industry really wants to get things back ripping and roaring. So they've been taking a lot of protocols to kind of keep, keep people safe. So. Very good. Very good. Now, as far as the, the hotels are concerned, now I know that typically you like to stay in the, 
the higher end properties, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the four and five dime, or, or I guess Europeans, they would be stars, yeah. the four and five uh, star hotels. Uh, so how how has that been? How's the service been over there? You know, I, so I got to set the. I don't want people who haven't known me to be like, "Oh, who is this guy? Why is he snooty?" So, I, so part of the reason it's I okay do, to be snooty it's, if you, it's, it's, not, it's your dime. <laughs> it's not that it's snooty. It's just that it's that like four or five stars in a in a, in another country might be like a three over here. So I have to make sure. You know, just for health and safety and standards, like, for example, some countries, like, you go to a three-star, they don't have a toilet seat. So they have a toilet, but they don't literally have, like, um, you don't have the seat in the flap, mm-hmm. right? It's just the bowl, mm-hmm. you know? So you have to, not always, but I, I, it's just, you know, if you're at a four-and-a-half, five-star hotel, like, the, the, it, it comes with a certain baseline standard of expectations, you know? So, and, and most of the time, so I have, so I have a rule, right? So generally, you know, is I stay at, you know, I'm, uh, maybe I'm on hotels.com, right? So I generally go between four to five stars, but then I look at customer reviews and my customer reviews generally have to be between like nine and 10. Cause you can have a four star, five star hotel, but then the customers are giving it like a six. So then I'm like, you know, you have this star, but maybe the service isn't there. So I, I love, like, I'm a fan of customer service. I love great customer service. It makes you feel welcome, especially when you're traveling internationally. It makes you feel, you know, it's just, it's your intro, especially a lot of times into a country. So I stay at four or five. So I usually four to five, nine and above. And I generally don't pay more than like $120 a night. So Usually I'm averaging somewhere between like 70 to 120. And generally if I'm at 120, it includes breakfast. So, you know, COVID has been great. Like I stayed at. COVID's been great. You guys hear that? <laughs> Con- contrary to popular belief, uh, COVID has been great. Okay. So, Can you expound on that? Yeah, yeah. So, so for example, I took a trip. Where was I? I went from. Sorry about that. No, no. Uh, I went from, I went from Ethiopia I had, um, I wind up missing my flight or something happened at the airport where I was, it was, I was delayed. So I I couldn't make it home for Christmas in time. So then I was like, well, I'm going North. Where else can I go since I have some time? Right. Like, so Ethiopia, uh, Egypt was like, I don't know, two hours away or something like that. And it was only like 150 bucks. (laughs) I was like, I was like, Hey, I can go to Cairo for like three days, right? So I went to Cairo, and I stayed at the Four Seasons for like a hundred and like ten dollars, hundred twenty wow. bucks. And I'm wow. talking like, I mean, it was plush, you know. Like you walk in, like I had an entryway, you know, uh, you know, a bidet in the mm-hmm. restroom, you know, like. You know, it was just—it's the Four Seasons, and and it's full like all the services are still intact. Everything, you know, the spa was open, the gym was open, uh, breakfast—they had vegan options. I could look out my room, and I saw like uh, the pyramids. You know, wow, yeah. So you know, like I don't know if I could have afforded. I mean, like that same room would pro- easily have been like four hundred dollars, five hundred dollars a night. You know, like post COVID, whenever that is, you know. So, but, um, you know, service was great, security great, like, you know, um, accommodations, everybody knows where you're at. So, like, I feel like those are the type of experiences um, that, like, I've been able to have during COVID where, you know, I, you know, I get into the country, 200 bucks, I'm staying at a five star hotel. 150, you know, 115, 120 bucks a night. Amazing service, you know. They, in fact, they actually, when you get in, they give you like this little COVID kit. So I had a little COVID kit, which came with gloves, hand sanitizer, mask, and uh, something else. And it came in a nice little box with the Four Seasons logo on it. And um, yeah, and the service was good. So. Yeah, so COVID, like in some of those aspects, same thing when I was in Rwanda um, in Kigali. I stayed at the Mbezi, Mbuzu, Mbezi, Beza Hotel. 
It's actually a local five-star hotel that they have in Rwanda. I stayed at the Marriott when I first came in. Because in uh, Kigali, their protocol in Rwanda, not only did, and this is what I mean when, when you're talking about safety. So you had, to, you had to have a COVID test to get into the country. Mm-hmm. And then when you got into the country, they made you go to one of these designated hotels and then get another COVID test within 24. And then once your COVID test came back, then they freed you to go around the country. So you're at least quarantined for 24 hours, yeah. so to speak, quarantined for just to get the results from, from the test. Yeah, so you had to take one before you left, and then you had to take one in the country locally. And now, was there a cost associated with those? It was about $100, but if you come into Africa from, you know, they, yeah, they, they yeah, figure, yeah. like, you know, you, know, you, you, you have the money. You, you figure should, you got yeah, the money. Yeah, 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 you should have it if you're coming <laughs> over here. Yeah, yeah, especially <laughs> as far as it is. You know, it's a little country mm-hmm. in Central, Central East Africa, so... Okay. It's like 15 okay. hours. 20 now, hours. you're one of the few people that I know that has been to Africa probably, I mean, you probably at least six, five or six times, maybe? Five or six times. Yeah, about about four or five times. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. What do you, um, what country do you, I mean, I'm sure you like all of them, but which one did you have the best experience? That's tough. Well, let, well, yeah, let me yeah, just say, yeah. which ones have you been to first? Okay. Let's just identify which ones you've been to. So I've been in a few countries in Africa. I've been to, I've been to Ethiopia. I've been to Tanzania, Seychelles, Rwanda, um, Malawi, uh, Zanzibar, which I know is part that's part of Tanzania, um, and I guess that's that might be it. Okay, yeah. so out of those that you mentioned, which one did you have a better experience than others? Uh, so it's different. So, like, if, let's say, if, like, I like to dive. So mm-hmm. Seychelles had some amazing diving. Okay. And the weather's great, and it's, like, it's beautiful. It's like heaven on earth, right? They thought it was the Garden of Eden, right? Mm-hmm. So, but culturally, they don't have, like, a lot of, like, the rich like vibrant history. Like the island is like a blend of like all of these different so they don't have that continuity of history like let's say my experience in Ethiopia. Okay. Ethiopia is like a place that's like the people are friendly. There's like there's this whole culture. Like it's it's an amazing country. I think everybody should visit Ethiopia. But you know the people are like they just I guess we're gonna talk to I gotta communicate with words. I can't. So they they're they I mean like like you could go to a restaurant, right? And and like uh, you want to communicate with the bar, like the hostess or something, uh, waitress or waiter or whatever. And and you could just like you could answer them by like smiling and like raising your eyebrows, and they'll know exactly what you mean. Or you'll be talking to somebody, and you say something interesting, and they just go, <gasps> you know, like <laughs> like during the whole conversation, yeah. right? And they're just. And it's just like they just have these mannerisms that are just it's it's a very warm and friendly um, culture. And I think um, you just, that's very welcoming. And um, and, I, and I've come to really, really enjoy. So I, I definitely um, I've been to Ethiopia like a couple of times. But, you know, you can get there probably, you know, 800 bucks, 900 dollars round trip, maybe 11, depending on when you leave. But. Um, for that long of a flight, you know, it's, it's not bad. And the people are, um, it's reasonable, the culture, it's just, it's an amazing experience. Now, one thing I didn't say before we started this, I have to give a disclaimer to for Jonathan, right? <laughs> so, no, listen, hear me out, hear me. Jonathan is not a um, an influencer. He doesn't travel on someone else's dime. He travels on his dime, okay? So, I have to make sure I mention that because... Um, you know, some people that I've had on the show, um, they were influencers, travel influencers, and, and sometimes they were getting, you know, they were paid to go to certain places. Uh, but Jonathan goes there on his own dime. And if he has to spend, you know, like you said, he, there was a situation at, at the airport and he had to stay another several days. Well, he just had to stay another several days. There's nothing he could do about that. So, uh, I just want to just throw that out there. Uh, so you guys know that he is a traveler because he like he loves to travel. When did you, when did this travel bug hit you? You know, I, I, when I was when I was uh, it hit me early actually. When I was like, so when I was a kid, I, I watched this like Street Fighter series. You know, with Ken and Ryu, 
I don't know it. I don't know when that came out, right? Okay. But there was this. There was a series that they came out with Ken and Ryu, um, a Street Fighter series, and so you know Ken is like this wealthy, like billionaire's kid, and then Ryu is like this kind of, you know, more parents are like farmers, and but they but they grew up together learning martial arts, right? And so I studied martial arts, and so. And they did this thing in the anime where they were like going to travel around the world and learn different martial arts. And so at um, at uh, so when I was like sixteen or seventeen, I was like, I watched this series and I was like, I want to do that. I want to travel around the world and learn different martial arts. So at um, I was working at Ralph's as a bag boy. So I saved my money at Ralph's as a bag boy. And I don't know if they still have it, but they used to have this ticket called Access Asia. And so for like $900 for one year, you could travel all around Asia. And so I bought this ticket, this Access Asia ticket. And so I wind up going to Thailand. So the goal was to go to Thailand, Japan, and the Philippines. I wanted to study Muay Thai. And in Japan, uh, what martial art was it? Like Kempo or Judo. I wanted to study Judo and uh or jiu-jitsu and then i wanted to go to um thailand to uh or the philippines to learn a martial art called yao yan which is like a filipino martial art and so um for whatever reason i couldn't make it to japan so i wound up spending two months in thailand and uh, i spent one month in the philippines and so i was like 17 so my mom didn't want me to go and so when but once I bought my little Access Asia pass with the money that I earned from Rouse, she was like, okay, here's some spending money. Enjoy yourself. So I just took off. I was like uh, 16, 17, Thailand. I and, didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went to this, uh, this. Uh, I went to Lana Muay Thai, which is in like Chiang Mai, north of Thailand. I did that for about two months. I had an amazing time. Met people from all around the world, Morocco, Spain. Met a buddy of mine. He's, we had the same name, but he called himself Jono. He was from the UK. A lot of folks from the UK, and uh, yeah, we would we would um, go running a couple miles in the morning, and uh, so you eat breakfast, then you go running and you work out, and you do boxing, shadow boxing, you're training, you're sparring for an hour, you do whatever you're going to do during the day, and then you do it all again in the afternoon. So you go running in the afternoon, a couple miles, and you work out for a couple hours, and you go to bed, and you do that all throughout the week, every day, right? So I did that for two months. I was in the best shape of my life, and uh, it was amazing, right? Like, I'd go eat breakfast, breakfast, I'd have these, like, six-egg omelets with, you know, vegetables, and I'd have fruit with, with yogurt, and I'd have a smoothie, and it would be, like, 75 cents, you know? And, then I rented a scooter. You know, they have these little Honda Wave 125cc scooters. And you just zip around town. You visit people. People in the north of Thailand are amazingly friendly. Very, very friendly. And uh, and so I would just get on my scooter sometimes. I would just drive till I got lost on my scooter. I didn't know where I was going. And I'd wind up at some of the coolest places. People would be like, yeah, go over there. Or, you know, they're not in English, but they would, you know, and Thai and... And uh, yeah, and I just had a, I just had had a great time. Wow, I had no idea. The Philippines was nice too. I had a good time in the Philippines, and I had my first competition uh, in Thailand, uh-huh. and I had my second one in the Philippines doing uh, um, uh, Yao Yan, which is a Filipino martial art. Huh? And how'd you do? I won both, but I'm also like, you know, 6'4". <laughs> you know, so, so oh, so you had an unfair advantage over there. Huh? Yeah, you know, I'm not, I don't want to make it seem like I'm some, you know, so I, I got to, you know, lay out the, but they were other experienced fighters. But, you know, it's it's different, like when you're literally training, like That's eight, cool. eight to 10 hours a day, you know. Well, I didn't, I didn't know. I've known Jonathan since he was probably uh, 11 or 12 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I didn't know that you had uh, did that at an early age or started traveling at an early age. Yeah. Now, okay, so, you know, on the show we go back and forth on, on stuff. So, uh, okay, look, catch us back up. Okay, so you were at, now, Jonathan's now, um, uh, what are you now, 36? Oh, he's 36. Not yeah. that that means anything, <laughs> but we want to come back in the current time, right? Yes, yes. So. so okay so when did you start okay during covid sure when you first started during covid which countries did you have you been to to date to date i've been to i've been to ethiopia 
Malawi, uh, Peru, uh, Mexico. Where in Mexico? Tulum. Okay. Cancun. So they have these cenotes down in Tulum. So for diving, uh, it's it's a really amazing experience. Okay, before we go any further, what are the two things that you have to do when you go to one of these destinations? I know diving is one of them if it's a diving, if it's a water destination. And what's the other thing? Because uh, it's very unique. Tennis. No, not that. Oh. What do you look for when you go... So I go. I mean, there's a couple. I, I like visiting churches. There you go. Yeah, See, this so, is ve- this is very unique, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So. so I like visiting different churches. Okay. Uh, oh, Armenia. I went to Armenia. Oh, that's right. You did. That's I right. You told me about, about that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to Armenia. That was uh, just that was this year, right? That was Earlier this year. This year. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a great time. They treated me really, really like Armenians are very friendly yeah. and uh, um, yeah, they all like Kardashians are everywhere. You know, like it's just. Uh, it's nice. What does that mean? <laughs> nothing. It means nothing. You could edit that out. <laughs> no, we're not editing anything out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're saying is this, there's got a lot of good looking women over there. Is that they're, what you're saying? Very friendly. Okay. Very friendly. Very friendly. And okay. uh, um, but that's almost every country. Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, you went to Machu Picchu. I did go to Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu was very nice. Um, and that was just like in the last what? That was a month ago. A, a month, month ago. ago. Yeah, that ticket was like six hundred bucks. Six hundred round trip. So what do you? How do you? you are you looking at a map and just uh, close my eye and and just point to it? Or? Sometimes it depends, right? Like sometimes, like when there's a lot of civil unrest or something. I'm so like, you are doing your research. Uh, you know, I mean, civil unrest. There might be civil unrest here, right? So then I might be like, I'd be like, <laughs> so I'm getting out of here because no, there's civil no. unrest here. Yeah, no. It's just sometimes you're like, let me go to Ethiopia for for about two weeks, you know, and let me do do some work. That's like saying I'm going to. Blythe. I'm gonna go to Blythe for two weeks. Yeah, the but, way you're saying that. But I mean, uh, so I mean, I, I I usually I definitely do research, but I think a lot of times, um, you know, I just it's what I feel, you know. So um, I don't. Uh, sometimes, like I, we've I'm caught up on all my work, or things are kind of at a standstill. I really can't do anything else. Or, you know, so it's really just, I'm doing a lot of maintenance, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so a lot of management, just kind of making sure, you know, uh, but I have an amazing leadership team at work. So, you know, each one has their own department. So, you know, if uh, if we're not rolling out a new initiative, if I'm not setting direction or kicking off a project or managing a project, I might have some downtime. So, and then I don't necessarily have to like be there in person. So. So for that, you know, um, but now, you know, we're expanding services and, you know, trying to help more people and do all that stuff. So it's a little different. But before, during COVID, things were affected us. So, um, and yeah, so, but most of the time, um, you know, I, I love, like, uh, Armenia has, like, some really old churches. Um, and, you know, uh, dating back to the fourth century and very rich cultural history. Uh, a lot of art, um, and and so uh, I climbed Mount Ararat before, uh, but I went through Turkey, and so so you can look over into Armenia, but you can't really you can't get to Armenia from Turkey, and so I've been to Turkey twice, uh, and because um, you know you know Christian like the early church like everything you know the Ephesus is in Turkey like. Uh, um, Smyrna, all the seven churches, even from like the book of Revelation, those are all in, like when John's like writing to these churches, all of those are in, in, um, in Turkey, the first century churches, like, like zero, like, you know, literally the first church like started, all of those churches were in Turkey, Cappadocia, um, they had underground churches that are like four stories deep. And you went to see this? Yeah, it's amazing. They have like, there's literally like four stories deep. And they had a whole community underground that literally took up like block, like close to my, it was huge. And I mean, they kept livestock down there because wow. um, there was a lot of persecution. Um, and uh, the original church there, because there was persecution, they like, they made these, like all these houses and this whole community in caves. And then before you would walk into the, into the side of these cliffs, they were really cliffs because they were like mountain cliffs. You had to go up on the side of these mountains. They would put a, um, 
they would put the bodies of like the saints in front of the entrances to these. So you had to like for the churches, so there was like a certain level of reverence that you had. Um, and because Turkey is like a Muslim country now, like you can see like the original artifacts of like pictures of like what the original saints look like and like how diverse it was and like their hair was like you have like you have you know like kinky hair and you have like white ones and they they painted them all like you see the brown you see you see everything really? right yeah it's really cool really really cool wow and, and so you know they let you go inside because it wasn't like you know they're they're they don't really they're just like hey you know go for it right so mm-hmm. it's not like like you know guarded off there's some areas that are guarded off but there's so much there that they allow you, like, really to go in there and experience it. It's very, um, there's a very, like, a, a like, it feels, it feels special. It feels very, very special. And, um, and it's good to know, a lot of times, like, you don't have a date to your faith, right? You know, like, okay, Christ, you know, 0 to 33 AD. But to literally go where, like, first century churches, like, you know, and and see the art and see like where they wrote on the wall like it just mm-hmm. it puts it just solidifies like for me it just it just adds to the to the faith in a way that is a very amazing experience so wow so so how can i put this is this spiritual travel could you say that i mean yeah i mean i mean, I, I, I i got baptized in eastside Christian, but I wind up getting. I got baptized Ethiopian Orthodox, mm-hmm. going to Ethiopia, the priest and, and Lali Bella, uh-huh. uh, which is. Um, I feel like it, it, it must be. I think it's definitely one of the seven wonders of the world. If, if it's not, it should be. But I feel like it is, and um, you know, and and meeting the priest there, and and um, the experience has really been um, life changing. Wind up getting like a spiritual father, confessional father. Um, the just the cultural like how they do church and um how they pray and it's it was um it was amazing you know i went i've been to greece and i went to um uh, mount athos Mm -hmm. and um mount athos is a um is a uh a place where like only monks are so only monks can so it's like a man's only peninsula in greece right Mm -hmm. and it's existed like you know, over a thousand years, right? Or hundreds of years, close to a thousand years. And, um, and it's just monks. It's just like a whole, like there's different, um, monasteries. You go there, it's like a spiritual retreat. You hang out with the monks. Um, you get to join in and do duties. And, um, so when you're not like praying, you're, you're like, you know, working out on a farm. They had me, uh, making incense, like learning how they made incense from scratch. All mm-hmm. the monks have jobs. They were like young monks, older monks. They welcomed me. And, um, we would now, have did, you, did they know this before? Okay, did you know you're going to be doing this before, or this is something you found out when you happened upon it? <laughs> or did you do your research, like, okay, I can go see this, this, uh, what, what is it called? What is it called? Mount Athos. Okay, Mount Athos. what, what is Greece. it called where the monks? Monasteries. Okay, you went to the monasteries. And you knew the monasteries were there, but you didn't know the monks were going to... No. So I took a trip to Greece. So this, I mean, I took a trip to, I took a trip to Turkey okay. to go and, and visit, um, you know, the, the different, uh, I wanted to visit the seven churches of the book of Revelation. And so like Greece is like, you know, this is one of those other things where it's like, oh, it's like an hour away. I can, I can be in Greece for like. Eighty dollars, you know. So, <laughs> why not? Why not? Right. So, uh, so I carved out some time and I went over to Greece. And then when I was in Greece, I was like, okay, um, Thessaloniki, which is the book of Thessalonians, right? It's uh-huh. from Thessaloniki, which is a town in Greece. Okay. So I went to Thessaloniki, and then when I was in Thessaloniki, I would just like go for a walk, and then I ran into a church, and then there was a young man there, and then. Uh, he was like, you know, considering becoming a monk. So I talked with him and, uh, but he was just cool. I was lost. He was like, he was like, I like you. I like you too. You're a cool guy. So we went and grabbed food. And, and then, uh, I told him he, you know, so then he was like, I realized doing research that there was a place in Mount Athos called uh, a place in Greece called Mount Athos. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so he, uh, uh, he took me there and he was like, I mean, he didn't take me there. He was like, you got to visit it. Right. So then, 
you know, some people wait like a year to get into Mount Athos. That's how special it is, right? Like, it's not a place where you just say, oh, I want to go to Mount Athos, right? It's like you send the office of Mount Athos an application and say, hey, I'm interested in coming. And then they'll let you know when they have an opening for you. Really? Yes. So it's one of those types of things. But but I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm over here. You're going to make a way. And I told myself, I was like, there's a little office that they have that's like, you know, it, and you can get some souvenirs, but it's pretty small, right? And they have like two guys that are sitting in there. And then if you're not, you know, Greek Orthodox, if you're like Protestant, which I was, then it takes even longer, right? So I just say, I'm going to go here every single day until they give me a permit to go to Mount Athos. And so I go to the, I go to the office and they were like, when are you trying to go? I'm like, today. And they're like, uh, no. So you can, <laughs> they're like, you can go tomorrow, right? And so, uh, so they gave me like, they, they let me in. So I was just uh-huh. like, so then, so you, so Mount Athos on the peninsula. So you got to go, you got to take this special boat. And then, so you got to take a bus. It leaves at like four or five in the morning to the small town. And then from there, you got to take like a bus. No, you got to take a boat. And then you got to take the boat to the island, right? And then when you get there, most people have reservations because they've been communicating with the monastery that they're going to stay at. But they have a custom of hospitality on Mount Athos. So if a pilgrim, which I was, right, just shows up, you don't turn them away, right? But that doesn't always mean they'll have space either, right? Mm. And so I show up at Mount Athos, and I'm just like, there. So I'm on the boat. I don't know. I don't know anything, right? Like, I just know that there's a bunch of monasteries. Some of them are different, and it's kind of like going to Hogwarts without the smoke, right? Like it has that same. <laughs> it has that same feeling, right? Like you have these like eight story stone, like castle looking, like you know Hogwarts. Like it, it's it's. And then, like, you take in the boat on this, like, crystal blue water. It's, uh, it's like, so you can see the fish. You can just see, like, it's just, it's an amazing experience, right? The air is clean. And then you're, like, on this, like, holy kind of thing, right? Like, you have monks on the boat, and you have all these people that are coming from around the world to do a pilgrimage here. And so I wind up getting off, and then I wind up meeting, like, an accountant, and this guy that runs like a security company, and they here in the states? No, 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 and on the boat, right? And oh, no, are they from the states? No, no, they're 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 like every. So they're both from Greece. Like okay, they're, they're Greek. Okay. What do you call? Them? They're not like you're Greek. They're Greek, right? Okay. So, so it so he what he, the way he explained it was men regularly in Greece you know that they need they have to go or they it's like a kind of a thing like you go to mount athos as part of being greek if you're like a believer and then there's also a thing where they say like they just can tell their wife like you know what i need to get away i need to go to mount athos and then greek women understand that that's their spiritual time like Mm. i like go right like there's no restrictions it's like there's just this cultural understanding that that people have throughout greece that like mount athos is this very holy place and and men, as part of their development, go and get away and and you know pray and and you know reflect and do all of that there. Hmm. And so you have monasteries, you have these sales or like what they're like um, mini like um, cottages that like monks that just want to really isolate. They go deep into the forest and they're just like. There might be like one or two of them, three of them by themselves. Some of them by the side of the cliff, and they have food brought up to them, and they just pray and isolate them. And then you have ones that have like full communities. And so, so I stayed at, um, I went to like two or three different ones, and I stayed at some of the different communities. It was just, it was an amazing experience. Now, is there a cost involved with this? Nobody charges anything. What? You can donate, so you give money when you go. So okay, so you went. Across the, you went on a boat to get there. Yeah, there was no cost to. There's get on a the cost boat. for the boat. Okay, okay. And how yeah. far is the boat ride from? The boat ride maybe like an hour and a half or something okay. like that. Okay. And then depending on where you want to get off okay. on the boat, I think Daphne was was where. I don't know if that's the place you get on or get off, but yeah. And so and then when you get to the monastery, you, you know, it's like going to church, right? You should leave something, right? Yeah. But you, um, but there isn't like this expectation, like there there don't. They feed you. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's lunch. Okay. They, the monks, other monks, like make all these meals, and then you go to church at like 
their time is different. So that's the other thing. They have their own calendar. They have their own time. Right. Oh, okay. So it's like, you know, so you're waking up at two o'clock in the morning and it's, a, and so you have the monk that goes around with this board and they beat it like, and that just wakes up everybody. Right. And you know, when you hear this wood tapping, and it's time to go to church. And you have like 10, 15, 20 minutes or something like that. So you get up, you get dressed, and then you go down. And then church is like two, three hours, right? It's like stand up, sit down. And it's in Greece, Greek, which, you know, I don't speak Greek. But I could feel it, you know. And um, But it was just, it's a, it's a good it's a good experience. I had a, Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you wow. do that twice a day. Okay. And you were there how long? I stayed there about a little bit over a week, maybe a week, a little bit over a week. So every place you're going, you're staying like oh, at least over a week, maybe two weeks. Sometimes. Maybe two Probably weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if I go like if I'm traveling like to East Africa, at least two uh-huh. weeks. But okay. I feel like 10 days in a country, 10, I usually I feel like 10 days in a country and then two days on each side for travel. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like there's 14 hour flights or yeah. 16 hour flights. And then you need some time to kind of like. You know, it can hit you sometimes. So, um, who do you go with when you go do all this travel? <laughs> I travel by myself. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. I had to throw that out there too, <laughs> right? That you're a solo traveler. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You look for uh, spiritual structures, if you will, churches or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's important. Yeah. And then you dive. So you take your all your diving equipment with you if you know you're going to dive in this particular. So I location. generally take my regulator. Okay. So I, I, uh, I take my regulator. And you rent everything else. And generally I rent everything else. Um, yeah, I'm tall. So I think I usually take my boots because okay. you, you wear boots inside your fence. And I wear a size 14. So sometimes I don't have boots that fit. And it's not fun, like, wearing boots that are too small. And then mm. the fins are tight. And, yeah, and then you're underwater, like, an hour. And you're doing two, three dives. And it just, okay. you need to be comfortable when you're underwater. And so, and I take my tennis racket. I actually learned how to play tennis in Rwanda. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah From yeah. a tennis pro in Rwanda? A tennis pro in Rwanda. So, I, you know, I, you know. Didn't even know that. Did they had tennis <laughs> pro? I didn't know they had tennis in Rwanda. Okay. So, so I, I've. <laughs> I've had the best tennis coaches travel. No, no disrespect to Rwanda. I'm no, sorry. No. I'm trying to be funny. Yeah, yeah. No, Rwanda is an amazing place, uh, and I have a lot of respect for for. Um, yeah, they the, uh, the yeah the, they're they're amazing. I had a great time. And so, but yeah, so sometimes this is like you know I, I know it's a, I don't want to be like too weird, but you know, but sometimes I just feel led to do stuff, right? Like you're just led, right? So I just get up and like I'm just going to go for a walk. I don't yeah. know where I'm going. It's going to lead me. Mm-hmm. So I go for a walk. And I wind up at the top of a mountain, right? And so I'm at the top of this mountain. And then it was like, why don't you walk some more? So I was like, okay, I'll walk some more. So I walked for about an hour. I know it sounds strange, right? Uphill? You said you're at a No, so it started flat. It started flat. And then it and then increasingly, I was like, it started raising an elevation. And then where I wound up, there's there happened to be a mountain over there. I was like, why not go to the mountain, right? So then, so then I'm at the top of this. At the top of the mountain top. Yes, and then there's like it was like a long like plateau at the top of the okay. mountain, right? So I keep walking. I don't know where I'm going. Now I'm in like this Rwandan forest at the top of the mountain, and so I keep walking, and then I get to the end of like the road, and then off to the left, there's like this manicured gated area, and there's this older guy. And then this middle-aged guy. And they're both from, they're Rwandese, right? And I was like, hey, can I get some water? So, so, uh, and then, so they're interested in me. I'm interested in them. I'm like, what was everybody doing up here? So they were like, just come join us. We're looking at, like, building a tennis court up here. Just come hang out with us. This is what I mean about cultural custom stuff, right? Just come hang out with us. So they send, like, they send one of the guys to like go get some water for all of us. So I buy everybody water, juice, whatever they want, right? And you know, two dollars, right? And then we're all like drinking and water and hanging out. I didn't know. One of the guys was like a in one of the local political parties. The other guy was like a professional tennis coach who like played tennis with the president, right? And so, uh, but they were just really nice people, right? And so we're talking, and then he's like showing me pictures of his family. He's like. You know, we're talking, and the one guy, you know, he spoke English and French. So when he talked, he had, like, this French accent, and he would enunciate every word, you know. And uh, he's like, you should learn how to play tennis. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to learn how to play tennis, you know. 
And uh, he's like, I am a coach, you know. So it's like whenever you're interested, uh, you should learn, you know. So we wind up going down the mountain. And one thing they love to do in Africa is like meat and chips, which are French fries and beer, right? So I'm vegan, so I couldn't. So I just would have the chips and the beer, right? And, and so you just you sit around, you have great conversations with people. And there's like no, it's just like, it's just community, you know? And you just, you eat chips and you drink beer and you talk and you just have a good time. And so we did that on our way down. And then I wind up having some downtime in the, um, a day. In the, and then the, this guy was like, uh, the tennis coach gave me his number. I was like, let me call him. I called him, leave a message. He called me back. I was like, hey, I want to play tennis, you know. They teach me. He's like, great. Meet me at, uh, maybe it was like the tennis club of Kigali or something. Or the sports club of Kigali. You know, so they have this big sports complex in Kigali. And there, I, that's where I learned the passion for tennis. And once I started playing, I loved it. And then I'd take my racket with me. I had amazing tennis coaches in Ethiopia. Like, he helped me amazingly with my swing. And um, he's like a former pilot, but all the pilots like playing tennis, right? So, you know, so you're hanging out at this tennis club. You're playing tennis. You meet some amazing people. Um, and generally, like, most of these countries, right, like, a lesson is like $20, right? Mm, with, wow. a, with a ball boy, right? So you got a ball boy to clear all the balls off the net, you know, and... Uh, and then you're you're like, I mean, these are like solid tennis players, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, one thing I learned, right, because I got a coach here locally, you know, and then I'm playing. And then after, like, my second lesson, I was like, well, let me hit the balls with this guy, right? And then we're going back and forth. I was like, okay, I, I think I might actually be able to beat you, right? Like, I need, like, like so then I realized, like, I need a different tennis coach, right? Because, like, I need, I, I want somebody who can hit better than me so that they can teach me how to improve my hitting, right? Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, like, I... Oh, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. So, but I realized, like... Well, maybe he don't, you I don't... So, but I realized, like... <laughs> but, like, all these coaches... Like, I played I played tennis in Peru, okay. right? right? So, all of them were, like, better than me. Like, amazingly. Mm-hmm. And they would help me with different things. So, I'm over there for a couple of days. It doesn't cost me an arm and a leg. I bring my rackets with me, you know... I get amazing lessons, and and I have, like, an amazing time. So it's like, you know, you have some downtime traveling. You're doing your work. You read, go out, play tennis, meet some people, you know, and then you go hang out at night maybe, you know. It's it's fun. Wow. This is – hey, we're on with Jonathan Thompson. Um, this was a special uh, edition of the podcast, right, on air with Russell of Hotels. It just so happens – just one of those things that just happens, just comes together, right? It's today's Sunday, and Jonathan came over. I hadn't seen him in several months, and he came over, and we started talking about traveling, and he mentioned podcasts. And I said, oh, I bought this Rollcatcher thing. So we can do a podcast now if you want to. He said – well, no, actually, he said, let's do a podcast. And I said, okay, uh, let me go. I had an extra mic and an extra headset. So I s- s- set it up, and we're right here in, in my little cubby hole doing this thing. So, but Jonathan is a, he travels a lot. He's an entrepreneur, uh, but he travels uh, probably once a month. I know that's what you told me. You said, Every month you're going to take two weeks out and travel. That's what you told me about last year sometime. I tried. It, it's, it's a little tough, but I definitely. It's close I, to I, that, right? I, it, it's been like at least like once every two to, every two to three months. That's yeah, a lot yeah, of travel, yeah, people. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't. I, shoot. I've never done that. Okay. Yeah. So, well, maybe back in the day. Back in the day, I used to travel that. But it wasn't international. It was more domestic. I'm single. I don't have any kids. I got a dog. You know, yeah, bad, so bad. there you yeah, go. I, I have some. So have you hear some, that? Did you guys flexi- hear that? I have some flexibility. He's single. He's six four. <laughs> uh, he dies. He's spiritual because he looks for you know churches and monasteries wherever he travels to, and he plays tennis. So you know he's athletic. Okay, so I don't even have to go any further than that. But yeah, but no, I appreciate Jonathan coming by. Uh, we still got about, well, we got about 10, 15 minutes before, uh, now, okay. Machu Picchu. Yes. Give me the lowdown on Machu Picchu. Amazing, man. So Peru is an amazing place. Mm-hmm. Amazing place. Like, um, it's like Southern California of 
Latin, like South America. Um, you mean Peru, not not Machu Picchu specifically? No, 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 no. Like but Lima, Peru, Lima, Peru, and okay. stuff like that. So, okay. um, Machu Picchu is an amazing place. Uh, so you have to like, so you fly into Lima, and then from Lima you go to Cusco, and then from Cusco you take a train, and you take a train to uh, Agua Caliente. No, it's, maybe I feel like it's Agua Caliente. So there's a town that Machu Picchu is like that sits at the the base of Machu Picchu. And then once you're there, you take a bus up to Machu Picchu. So you have these buses that just go back and forth, back and forth. And then you're at the crux of it, and you walk into Machu Picchu, and it's just this amazing, expansive um, place. It's, it's, uh, It's beautiful. Truly, truly beautiful, breathtaking. And you realize how smart... Um, whether like the Egyptians, like the Ethiopians, like the Armenians, like like the uh, Peruvians, right? Like they at Machu Picchu, there's like four lines. So there's one that takes you to Ecuador. So there's another one that takes you to like all these different places. The the way the stones are mapped out, how they had a reflecting pool to look at the stars at night, and you know science and and culture and um, it's 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 awesome, and you get to you get to see all of these places and touch them, and the stones are there and how they carve different things, and and they were very thoughtful on where they oriented um, buildings in relationship to to the stars. They they thought about like where people were going to live, um, how they store food. You know they they have so a lot of times you see these like cascading, almost looks like rice fields. But they knew that on this one mountainside, you know, going up 100, 200 feet, you have different elevations. And they knew that they could plant different food and store different food at different elevations to preserve it longer. And so, you know, it's just a level of thoughtfulness that um, just allows you to really respect the, the culture and to appreciate it. Um, you, see, you see the llamas, of course. And, um, but it's just, it's a, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing um, place, and uh, um, the hotels are nice. The people, um, I, I hope I'm not getting the name right of this small town that Machu Picchu. I think it's Agua Calling. That small town is amazing. I had such an amazing time. I met some restaurant owners, and they had these vegan restaurants. And then I went to a bar. They brought this bartender in, and they were, you know, sampling local drinks and. And then you're just talking and you're exchanging and laughing and we're telling stories and 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 you're doing that into the night and then the next morning you know it's just it's just it's a it's a good time it's a really wow. really good time. Yeah. Well, and now I have to ask this: Have you ever felt uncomfortable traveling? Mm. <laughs> you know. Um, I've I've been blessed, uh, you know. I mean, there's been, you know, uh, I, I've really been blessed to 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 be. I feel welcome uh, in most almost all of the places that I've been to, um, and uh, yeah. So I've I've really been fortunate in that aspect. That um, yeah, that I don't you know like I can. Um, quickly get acclimated into the culture and, um, and, and fit and not feel like, you know, like I, you know, of course people know you're a foreigner, but you know, like, but there's also a way that you can feel like if you're somebody who's lived in a country a long time and people know like, okay, he's been here a long time, maybe, or something. So I, I definitely get that feeling that like a lot of times when I travel that people, um, you know, show me like a, like it's a, it's like a mutual respect, and I don't, I don't feel like I've been taken advantage of, or you know, like, um, are you being hustled or something like mm. that? You know, I've, I've been blessed in that aspect, um, and uh, yeah, but I've always learned to like, I travel same like I do here, keep singles on me or change, so that uh, you know, when people ask you for for um, money, you know, you just keep. You know, most of these places you can break a, you know, two three dollars down into, or you know, five bucks into 
smaller denominations, right? Like mm-hmm. 25 cents yeah. or something like that. And over there, that might be the equivalent of like $4 or $2. Yeah. So I just, you know, you just keep a pocket full of like 10, like, of you know, small change. So, you know, you don't have to get in this like, hey, you know, hey, can you help me? You know, bam, I got you. And then you just keep walking, you know? Um, and then because anything more complex, you're not a local. You don't really know like their yeah. social service network and how yeah. to refer somebody to services. Or, yeah. You know, it's so, but at least, <laughs> yeah, you so, know, yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, I but you know, you. but bread, you know, money helps. It goes a long way. Exactly. And, and if you exactly. can just give somebody like, you know, I always tip, uh, um, you know, housekeepers and um, even like uh, I stayed at a hotel called the Insight, Insight in, in Peru. And um, I wanted to learn how to play tennis. And um, there was a, a one, um, no, it was when I was leaving the country. So the, the same lady, amazing customer service, right? To the point where she called multiple places, found where I can play, set up a time with the coach, told me how much is it going to be. She, was she concierge? concierge. She was just at the front desk. She was at the front, front desk. desk. Okay. I don't know. Right. Is that concierge? I don't know. Um, could yeah. be, could have been depending if they had a concierge at a hotel, but maybe this just was somebody just the front desk clerk. Just took it, just. Yeah. And when it was time for me to leave the country, um, I had to. T- so, like, I took you know, I have to have a COVID test to leave, right? And so, uh, I took. I went earlier in the day, got when did my COVID test so I could leave the country. It was supposed to be ready, and um, it wasn't ready in time, right? So I'm freaking out, like I can't get on the plane. I don't have a COVID test. She just was like on it, like. You know, speaking Spanish, that's not my good Spanish interpretation, but she she tracked down. Just so you know, Jonathan does speak fluent Spanish, okay? So you need to say that. Okay, so I speak fluent Spanish. Okay. So she, she, (laughs) fluent enough, right? I can get by, okay? There you go. But she, she figured out that I can get tested at the hospital. I mean, tested at the, at the airport, that they had an open COVID place that, and she called, she confirmed the time, she coordinated with the driver. She made sure that I made my flight. And that was the level of customer service. I just was like, I just had to give her $20. I was like, I appreciate that because I would have been in the country. Because I'm waiting on my COVID test to come in, Mm. you know. And it's like, oh, it's supposed to have been in like three hours ago. My flight's in like two, two, three hours. If I don't get this COVID test, I can't get on the plane. And she was on it. And and so I just feel like, you know, around the world, it's been been a really good, amazing customer service um, at the different um places and people it's just it's good i think covid you know especially you know if uh if you feel safe enough to travel i think people should you know there's there's amazing places to here too in the states that i want to start hitting to but um it's been good too it's been good to travel during COVID. Well, this this has been great. Now, I didn't know what to expect from you, Jonathan, okay? Uh, but this has by far exceeded any expectation that I had. Okay? I don't know if that's good or bad. Or <laughs> no, this was great. This was great. I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I know you've been traveling because we, we've been talking about it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but to hear it, you know, just to hear some stories that you have not shared with me before, yeah. uh, and they're amazing stories. So uh, I appreciate you coming on, and we got to do for your next. I mean, this is just one, and I, I didn't even have questions set right yeah, yeah. because I, I just asked one thing, and you just go, you just that's one thing you can tell when they're comfortable in front of the microphone. You ask one thing, and they just go on, and I don't have to sit back. I just sit, I'm just sitting back and listening because I don't know all these stories. But there's one story before we get off. There's one story I want you to, um, if you can um, share with with us, and that's the one that you. I, I believe you were in. I'm not sure. It was. I know it was Africa. I don't know if it was Ethiopia. But you said, remember, you got into like an accident or something, and by the time you got to the Oh man, you remember that? Yes, yeah. I do remember. So that, that was in Rwanda. Okay, I was in Rwanda. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I I was a passenger in the vehicle. Okay. okay. So just to clarify, so okay. you know, so so there was a this is this is how like one thing leads to another, right? So I didn't know what to do when we were in Rwanda. There's this amazing local uh, Rwandese artist that's like world renowned, and he has like a art studio in Rwanda. So I was going to, I was like, oh, I want to go check it out. I saw on YouTube, like, some of his art. It was really cool. So on my way there, I wind up seeing uh, a young man. And I'm like, hey, do you know this art studio? 
And uh, was I on a scooter? I was on a scooter or something, or we were walking. He's like, yeah, just come with me. You know, I'll take you there. So he wind up knowing the guy, right? And um, and uh, Sufi, is, I don't know if I should say his name, but he's a good friend, right? Amazing guy, right? So so we wind up becoming friends, and he's like, you know, I studied tourism at, um, at the university. I always wanted to do so. I'll show you around Rwanda. And I'm like, really? Like, how much is it going to cost? He's like, don't worry about it, you know? And he was serious, right? And so only thing I needed to do was, like, pay for, like, you know, transportation, the vehicle, if we stayed somewhere, whatever. And so uh, so he wind up, like, we wind up renting a car from a buddy of his. And so we wind up, we're driving through Rwanda. Rwanda's amazing. They have, like, a lake in the middle of it, Lake Kivu, I think it's called. And uh, so we were going to Lake Kivu because um, it's a really nice place to visit. And, uh, and so... You know, uh, Sufi was, you know, a little spirited driving, right? And there happened to be a guy on a bicycle who, uh, so they have all these small villages in, Ru- in Rwanda, right? So, like, be a, a small village, and then you'll travel 20 minutes, be another village, you travel 30 minutes, be another village. So, maybe on day two on our trip, right? Or day one, right? Like, day two, right? So, we're, we're coming, this guy's on a bicycle, and, you know, like he, there's a medium. So he was traveling in the medium, but he was, so he was like inebriated, right? And so he's kind of like in the, in the medium, out of the medium. And then Sufi's a little close to the medium, right? So it just happened that like the mirror on the passenger side wound up clipping the guy's hand, handles bars. And next thing you know, like the guy went down. And so I'm freaking out. I'm like, you know, and then like, you know, so we had to pull over. And then he's telling me to stay in the car because you're an American, right? All of a sudden, people might start seeing, like, you know, you're going to buy the whole village, you know? So, <laughs> so, so, you know, so he's like, just stay in the car. Stay in the car. Let me take care of this, right? So um, the guy was okay, thank God. And so they wind up um, taking him to the hospital. They released. That's how he found out he was inebriated. And then um, we went to the police. And then so that's what the other thing in Rwanda, right, like, the whole village came out, right? And then they were like, you're not going anywhere. We're going to make sure you go to the police. Make sure you file a report. And then, like, real quickly, they mobilized. They had the guy on the bike. They taken him. Like, they take care of each other, right? So uh, so we went to the police. We communicated, and they got our info. Um, and then we made sure that the guy's medical bills were taken care of. He was given something extra, right? And, um, but, so, so... Day two, right? This is crazy. This is the crazy part, right? So day two, we're we're now like we're we're back on the road, right? And we're taking like this three, four day trip. So we're like maybe two days out, you know, maybe like three hundred miles away in like another little small village. And so I like buying honey when I go to these different countries because they have it comes from their local plants. And like so I like buying wild honey. So we pull over and there's like these like 12, 13-year-old girls, they have a social enterprise, right? Like, they sell honey on the side of the road to passerbys, right? Like, that's their hustle, right? Mm-hmm. So I buy this honey, and then they're like, are you guys the one who hit that guy, like, in the village, like, three days ago? And I'm looking at them, like, how the heck do these, like, 12-year-old, 14-year-old girls know this story, right? Like, like this was, like, two days ago in a village that's, like, in the middle of nowhere, Right on the side of the road, like it's literally in the middle of like nowhere. Right, <laughs> they, have, they didn't have cell phones or anything. I'm like, I'm like, they had, but like, there's a whole network, and this information traveled before we even got there. So like, they knew, they knew, like, and so he's speaking uh, Rwandese, you know, and then I'm cracking up because I'm just like, this is crazy, like. This is crazy. Like, this information has made it, like, like this is, like, country news. Like, the whole country knows that, like, this accident happened, right? So, you know, so you just make sure, like, you don't go to these countries thinking, like, oh, I'm going to just blend in. Nobody knows. And, you know, stuff doesn't, yeah, no. Everything is, like, 
No matter how primitive we think it <laughs> oh, is, yeah, no, no. the network is pretty tight. Yeah, this role, I don't know how it works. Carrier, pigeon, smoke, signals, cell phone, tweets, texts. I don't know how we wind up. But like, the, like these were like older, like, I don't know, like, you would think that, okay, within the village. Maybe yeah. within the village yeah. next. But we were literally hundreds of miles away. Wow. Buying honey. From like, yeah, how random is that, right? From like some like 12, 13 year old girl on the side, like that's you know, like the, you know, the, the mom sits out there and they sell the honey, right? And so, so we're buying honey from like, like the, and I'm like, how do they know this story? But it traveled. That's crazy. That's crazy. It, it traveled. So, yeah. so when you go to these countries, just know, like, and that's the other thing about feeling safe, right? Like you, like. You know, I I feel like I feel like somehow like in our culture, like it's like you haven't been to church in a while or you haven't showed up unless it's a small church. People really don't know. Right. Or if you haven't been in the grocery store in a while, Mm -hmm. people really don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these countries like that's that's the part about community. That's really cool. Like they know when you're not there. They know when something happens. Right. And they know that like something's off, you know? And so, and the community talks, you know? And for us, we like, we're, we're used to like, we want our privacy, nobody knowing our business. But over there, it's just, I think in some aspects it's beautiful, right? Because like, they have, like, even though these, this is, you know, they're hundreds of miles apart, they still have, and this is how safe it is. Like, like you'll see like a six-year-old kid like carrying like, you know, they went to the market and, and like they live like maybe like five kilometers away, two and a half miles, something like that. They'll be out there like, oh, I'm just going home, you know. It'll be like some of these villages will be late at night. Like, like it's just like there's like a certain degree of trust, right? Like they just, it's like safe, it's trust, it's like, it's, I don't know. But I love the fact that community, uh, even though for, for, you know, this story wind up being passed along, that they have this network of community that people know and they share information and you know like and they know who you are and they care mm-hmm. and they look out for each other and like when the accident happened like the whole community came out they made sure the guy was taken care of they got him to the hospital before ambulance or you know and and then everybody knew on the network you know mm-hmm. so, you know and so i think i <laughs> think it's hilarious it is hilarious <laughs> it is hilarious i was just like you know thank you father i wasn't excited you know like uh, it might have been a different, it might have turned out a little different, but it, it worked out really well. And, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, but we had an amazing trip. Lake uh, Kivu was nice. And, um, uh, and yeah, it was just uh, Kigali and and uh, Rwanda is an amazing place. I think people, everybody should visit it. The mountains are beautiful. The, the gorillas, you can mm. come within like six feet of the gorillas. I climbed to the top of a volcano mm. and uh, amazing guides, you know, like, uh, telling stories and and uh you start at the bottom and sun's out you get to the top you're like in the middle of a cloud wow. uh, the green the air it's uh it's beautiful it's wow. beautiful it's beautiful wow yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great you know what you're gonna have to come back on because <laughs> i this is just a cusp okay we're on the cusp of of a lot of great stories and a lot of good um stories and travel and yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, this was an impromptu thing that we just, uh, he said he wanted to do it. He saw my equipment and saw all the lights. And I guess maybe it just, you know, inspired made him, me. it inspired him to say, let's do a podcast now. I, and I, 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 I don't think he, do. yeah, I exactly. Know, I that's know, exactly. I didn't know if you were going to take me up on it. Exactly. So he saw me leave my, <laughs> uh, my little area and then went to, in the garage. He probably thought I was, you know, open the garage door to let him out. You know what I mean? But I actually had my other equipment out there and I said, yeah. well, let me go get it and get it set up and everything like that. Cause this is the first time I've had, Someone on the show that was actually here yeah, yeah, yeah. in my presence. Oh, really? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, feel I feel, special. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is the first time we've done an in-person podcast. And I feel even more special. I feel like it went, like, and you I, got get the, this, I get to sit in the original and, chair. And you got the bad chair, too. This I just bought a new chair. chair. Yeah, that's the original chair, the I feel squeaky like it has, chair. It, it has history to it. It, like, it does. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be history <laughs> on Friday when the trash comes. So... <laughs> But anyway, but thank I want to thank you so much, Mr. Jonathan Thompson, My for pleasure. coming on and My sharing pleasure. your your experiences. We got to get it next time. We're going to do something like 
because I know you know, okay, everyone has a uh, de- definition of what hospitality is, or mm. a great service mm. or whatever. Mm. And I know you traveled a lot. Yes. You traveled here uh, uh, and as well as international. Yes. So would I be interested next in, in, in just – Get your perspective on definitely say European or Mexican hospitality, sure, sure, or sure. Peruvian sure. versus what we get here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During COVID, yeah, yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. some things that are going on here during COVID sure. that probably aren't going on yeah. in Europe and, and vice versa. Yeah. And I just want to get your take on some things. That'd be great. Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, thank you guys so much for joining on air with Russell of Hotels. We're about to get off here. When you hear that music going, that means that we're about to get out. But we want to thank Jonathan Thompson for coming on. Thank you for joining on air. And you guys didn't even know, even on Sunday, I have a live studio audience. So, but anyway, thank you so much, Jonathan, for coming on, and we will see you again. Your feedback is important to Russell. Feel free to email him at russell at russelofhotels.com with any questions or suggestions. Until next time. Try not to be a person of success, rather become a person of great value.